Warning, if you listen to the Hideous Laughter podcast, you know that we like to delve into darker subject matter. However, this show will contain subject matter that is even darker than what is normally in the HLP. There are themes such as extreme gore and torture in the evil interlude. So, listeners, if that is not your jam, please continue to tune in to the regular episodes, but maybe give this one a skip. Otherwise, enjoy the evil interlude. Hello and welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast. This is not your regularly scheduled recording. This is this year's Halloween Evil Interlude. We're bringing them back. We got Saw Moon Isle, we got Ed Turner, Nana Opal, and Vivian Malice back in the studio to go through another harrowing evil adventure you guys ready for this i don't think so it's been so long since we played i'm super excited i'm ready to rock and roll i'm super hyped into i am into fall now i am into ed turner hey you better be into ed turner because we're gonna need it it's fucking spooky season yes i'm ready (laughs) of course and it's hashtag Spirits Week, day two. (laughs) (laughs) Day two of the Spirits Week. So guys, before we get into it, what's everybody drinking? Steve, what you drinking, dude? Well, I'll leave the communal drink that I'm taking care of uh, right now for someone else to describe. Um, But I will be soon transitioning over to this big old bottle of delicious looking beer. This is a permanent funeral ale. It has a very like metal fucking label. It looks awesome. It's from three Floyd's. And it's a special beer that my brother got for me when he got engaged and asked me to be his best man. And I said I'd save it for a special occasion. And then I had nothing more important in my life going on than this. (laughs) So I figured it would just rot in my fridge if I didn't drink it for this very special occasion. But I am excited. It's good to be back. Brooks, what you drinking, dude? I am going to let the uh, creator actually describe uh, what is in my cup. So, Haley, the creator... What are we drinking? Well, I began to channel Nana Opal, as in I'm going to start creating stuff every time we record. That means Uh, you put, like, ayahuasca in this? (laughs) You don't need to know what we put in it. I will be making something before every time we record for the Spirits Week. This time, I made uh, mold cider. Uh, It's got about half a fifth of rum in it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Half a fifth. (laughs) Some of a gallon of apple cider. And um, some spices and apple chunks that were soaking in the rum. So does that mean we each just drank a fifth of a fifth? Yeah. All right. No, or a fifth, fifth of a fifth, fifth of a fifth. A fifth. Half of a fifth. A fifth of a half of a fifth. A tenth yeah. of a fifth. Perfect. Well, Emily, are you drinking anything besides that? Nope. I am thoroughly enjoying this malt cider. Well, as is tradition for these evil interludes, it takes a little bit. For your GM, Griff, to get into the spirit 
And so I've finished my mulled cider already, and I'm going to be rocking into a tall boy of a beer called Glitter Parts. It is by Levante Brewing Company, right by where I grew up. It tastes like sticky buns. So I'm ready. Wow. Between glitter parts and sticky buns, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's tasty. So, guys, we last saw our evil interlude characters nine months ago, both in actuality, in real time, and in game time. So the world has progressed by nine months at this point. And we left them with a harrowing fight against Jasmine Phoenix, Synthesis Summoner. You guys defeated her, and she vanished. Before we get into this adventure, I want to know what your characters have been doing in this time. I want to go first, and and not because I want to really talk about the last nine months. I just want to address that... I've cleaned up the mechanics of my character uh, because I made it an hour before last time and it was all sorts of fucked up. So this character is going to play a little differently in combat, but not incredibly differently. Just it's rules appropriate now. And the way I'm going to justify that is that over the past year, uh, Saw has been going on, has been undergoing some fairly significant treatment from one Dr. Vivian Malice to help control his pain and rage. It has not been 100% successful. It hasn't really been close to successful, but some certain things have changed about him that will um, come out naturally in the game. All right. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, we were playing that a little wonky with your turning into a tiger being actually B-shaped tiger and losing your intelligence. What a surprise (laughs) for me that I don't have two intelligence when I rage. (laughs) That surprises all of us, Yeah, quite frankly. Wow. I thought you were really just... Playing, I mean, mirroring yourself in Saw in many, many more ways than one. And so it kind of made sense to me. All right, right, Brooks, come back when you can spell Marcus. (laughs) Or ugly. (laughs) Okay, that one. All right. What about the rest of you? For Vivian, in addition to working on Saw's treatment, she's been doing a little bit of traveling with Ed Turner still, uh, but this time she's scoping out some new research locations. She's looking to settle down, build up a practice a little bit more, uh, maybe moonlight at some prisons or some asylums to get some uh, more repeatable results. Oh, nice foreshadowing. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, she has been working on making some assistants to help her in her work. Oh, yeah? What's the nature of these assistants? You got some, like, Igors? No, they're much better than that. They're super-duper loyal. She has a couple of guard dogs that uh, she can give some human features to using a torturous transformation surgery. She's so fucked. That's so good. <laughs> so you make these dogs like people? Yeah, it's basically uh, amphipomorphic animal. Uh, so instead of just like casting the spell and them growing limbs, it's a two-hour surgery. 
and they gain human legs, human limbs, and they can like hold things and they can also speak. Well, nice. Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying mm-hmm. mostly. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Ed Turner, like Emily stated, has been traveling the country uh, from town to town, spreading uh, confusion in faith. Whichever faith is strongest within that community, he would just love to make people question uh, their faith and then possibly uh, convert them over to, well, his uh, his side of things, meaning that sacrificial uh, practices under phrasma would be... Uh, under or <laughs> quote unquote phrasma. <laughs> yes. And doing that along with uh, learning some battlefield tactics, uh, he is really just traveling town to town, picking off lone, lone travelers, comfortable being a nomad right now. Oh, for someone as posh as Mr. Turner, I'm surprised. <laughs> a Father Charlatan-esque name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the copycat killer. <laughs> what about Nana Opal? So, uh, Nana Opal has been working on a lot of things. Uh, she has, I think, finally found a way to use every part of the body uh, so that there's no waste anymore. Not focusing just on the bones as much. So she's done a lot of sewing. She's done a lot of baking <laughs> and a lot of cooking um, in addition to working on her special project. Which is? Uh, teaching Saw how to respect women. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Uh, how, how does that, that play out? <laughs> Haley and I were talking about this um, before we started recording last night, and I think we should just let this one develop. I think it, in a couple minutes we'll get into it. I think it just be it would be good if uh, if if Doctor Viv and Ed Turner came over for uh, dinner. We enter in. On the next chapter of the evil interlude, we find our evil villains in Nana Opal's house once again, having a dinner party, so it seems. Would you like me to uh, describe the scene? Please do. Fantastic. Uh, So, I don't know if you guys know this, but Nana Opal's house isn't super large, uh, but it is um, decorated with uh, probably a few too many knickknacks, but it's it's impeccably decorated. Like, there's stuff everywhere, including the table. The table is full of lots of food and, like, lace doilies and all these things all over the uh, table. As Dr. Viv and Ed would walk in, they would see... Saw sitting down in his uh, new fancy clothes that she's been working to make for him. Uh, And across from him, at the other end of the table, is a young lady. She looks pretty worse for wear. She's missing a few fingers. She looks like she could be under the effects of something, uh, like cold person. And so she is sitting at the other end of the table. There are two seats on the sides, and then my seat. 
Uh, so that's what you would walk into to see this lovely dinner party that we've set up. So, Ed and Viv enter the house. Nana Opal has a splendid spread prepared. Saw is sitting at the table looking somewhat uncomfortable. You can see the patches of sweat formed underneath his armpits. Uh, He's sweating at the brow a little bit. And he seems to be kind of staring down this woman who you don't recognize at the other side of the table. Why, isn't this nice? It's been a while. Lovely Nana Opal and the gentleman saw. Hello, Edward. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. A pleasure to see you. When I heard you were coming over today, I knew today was going to be a good day. And you as well, Dr. Vivian. Why, thank you. How has your rage been recently? Well, I'm not perfect, and I don't think anybody is. But I think we're making progress. Oh, good. And Vivian jots down a few notes in a notebook. Any side effects from the medication? Um... No. And one of his eyes is, like, completely filled with blood. Ah, and she, like, takes additional notes. <laughs> Saw, dearie, it might be good to introduce our guest. Uh, could you please remove her gag? So he goes up and removes her gag. Everybody, please say hello to Anya. Help! <laughs> you, you guys, do, do you know him? Do you know them? Please, please get me out of here. Saw, do we take her finger this no, time? No, 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 please! Please be quiet, he's been nice to you. I have been a gentleman all night long. And she flexes her three bloody stumps on her right hand, and the tears are rolling down her eyes, and you can you could just see she her tense up completely as she just recoils from you. Anya, 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 Anya. My grandmother went to very great lengths to prepare tonight's dinner. This is a little insulting. I, what, why would you do this to somebody? Uh, I, Anya, my, Anya, my, Anya. My, my family can give you... What do you, what do you want? Remember when I told you about Martha? <laughs> do, do, do you want to be like Martha? No! Anya, dear, shut up. I'm, I've had enough. I need you to be quiet. He pulls the gag back, back, the gag back on way tight. <laughs> it is a gag of silence, by the way. <laughs> There's no talking, nothing from her. Wow, doesn't this look fun? What a lovely young woman. Very energetic. She seems very resilient. She could survive a lot, I can tell. Yes, unfortunately, the cookies made from her fingers haven't tasted so good. No. But she could be the one. We're hoping. We're trying. Seeing if Saw can maybe settle down one day. Working on those manners. One of these days, Saw, you'll you'll find the one. 
No worries. The days do look brighter, Ed. And you know I always like to say that chivalry is in season, so I'm going to be a perfect gentleman tonight. Chivalry. <laughs> Fuck. So that's what Nana Opal and Saw have been doing for nine months. <laughs> we, we've tried about nine times. Oh, God. We don't have a great track record. No, uh, we just, what, we would you say 0 and 9? 0 and 9 well, is the track 0, record? 0 and 8. And we, we'll see on 9. Have, yeah, we'll see on 9. Anya is a maybe. Yeah. Anya's a maybe. So, you all sit down to eat. And, Nana, what have you prepared for this meal? I have prepared um, my special, a few special uh, sweet treats for the end. From the bones of the children nearby, of course, as well as a bit of their flesh, but that's only for dessert. The sweetness of children needs to be for dessert. Um, but I do have uh, salt shakers. It's my new creation all over the place. I used to try this back when I was young, but I got back into it recently. It's dried blood flakes for everyone um, to put all over their meal because I made um, chicken pot pie. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. With a chicken? Yes. Wow. I know. Uh, dessert. Children are for dessert. Children okay. are not meals. So it's about at the time that you finish up the main course, Nana likely brings what looks like a small roasted humanoid out on a pan to nope. serve um, for dessert. No, 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 no. No, no, when no. When I said that children are for dessert, I mean that I have used every bit and body part to make a lot of what actually look like sweet treats, like cookies and cupcakes and cakes, and I've made a significant amount of them. All right, looks like you're all getting really high. <laughs> so as Obviously. dinner ends and dessert begins, you hear kind of a bang. And then this voice seems to fill the room. And it's a voice you all recognize. Ah, yes. Thank you, Opal, for letting me know when the band was getting back together. So good to be able to speak to all of you at once. Yes, Derry, come in. Come sit down. And there's no person here. Oh. <laughs> you didn't do that. I need the four of you... To meet me in Ilmarsh, you likely remember it as the place where you fought the Nathalgu. I have a task for you, an important one, and I think it's time to bring you out of your short hiatus to serve me once again. The light goes dim and then out. 
in the cabin as the voice fades. Well, we better finish our treats. Saw, dear, put Anya in with the others. If she wants to survive, she'll find a way. Uh, take the gag, though. Uh, I might want that. And then we better pack up. So Saw walks over. He pulls the gag off. No, please, please Anya, don't leave me here. R- Martha, no, no, you don't want to be her again. <laughs> and then uh, Saw grabs a fistful of her hair and just drags her out of the room. And she just shrieks. Say please, Saw. Oh, and he pulls her up by her hair to stand her on her own two feet and then holds out his elbow and says, Milady, please with me. And she's like sobbing, but kind of resigned. And she interlocks with your arm. He takes her to a side room, uh, unhooks his arm, and then turns back to Nana Opal and says, you, I've, I've heard that traditionally, if a date goes particularly well, sometimes the lucky man gets a kiss on the cheek. Yes. Uh, Anya, would you say this date has gone well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And at that point, Saw opens his mouth, and about a foot and a half long tongue kind of rolls oh, out. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> and he slowly licks up the side of her of her of her head. And of course, because he's got some sort of cat-like features, like a cat's tongue, but much more intense. She has nasty sandpaper burn up the side of her face, and he pushes her into the room, slams the door, and then throws three bars over it. So there's no way she's getting out. And uh, we see from her perspective, she stumbles into this pitch black room. There don't appear to be windows. And she stumbles over things that kind of make a clacking sound until her foot squelches in something wet. And as it squelches, this putrid smell just fills her nostrils. And she vomits. Then we're back to you. You know, Sandra was such a dear. Hopefully they get along. I think they'll find they have a little bit in common. And he walks over to the the wall, like over the fireplace, where like an old frontier home would have like a shotgun over over the fireplace. And with one arm, picks off picks up the giant great sword that he had before, and turns to the rest of the party and says, "I think it's time to get to work again. This will be fun." Ah, yes, time to spread a little darkness. The party makes haste to travel to Ilmarsh, and you get there by the evening of the next day. It's not a particularly difficult journey, and you have nomadic uh, Mr. Turner and Dr. Viv able to get you from place to place relatively smoothly. You reach Ilmarsh, and you find that uh, you're kind of drawn to this cottage by the sea, or by the lake as it were and you head there 
the building is ramshackle. It has the the trappings of an old fisherman's cottage, and the door is cracked ajar slightly. As you approach, the glamour lifts, and you see black stone and marble creating a small but beautiful building. As you enter the door, you see a familiar face, and he smiles, a toothy smile, and he looks into your eyes with a piercing red gaze as if his irises have filled with blood. There is no light in this building. And so those of you without the means to see in the dark are blind. And then Opal would be able to see. I don't know about anyone else. Saw's a tiefling, I got it. Vivian's a human, so she can't see. That is the same for Mr. Turner, but he's uh, very comfortable in the dark. Hello, my friends. It's so good to see you after so much time. How have you been? Doing quite well. I saw you clean up remarkably. I have a lady suitor. Oh, I would not suspect that. Is she a cat lady? No, but we'll see. <laughs> Maybe that lick. <laughs> Is that how they've come to be? Hopefully she's we'll see. <laughs> not a dog person. Oh, that was that was the problem with Sandra. Oh, Saw, bless your heart. I'm doing very well, to be honest. In the highest spirits when I really just can't wait for it all to come crashing down. <laughs> you delight in the knowledge that this will all end. You wear your God's badge with such remarkable tenacity. I appreciate that about you, Ed. He bows. I've been quite well. I've made many great discoveries so far. I even have two assistants. Are they with you? She would have tied the dogs outside and not brought them into the house. Just curious, which part of them is dog and which part of them is person? Right now, they're both dogs. Okay. Um, so they're like just small 25-pound dogs. Uh, but if they if she does transform them, they would have human arms and human legs. But everything else would be dog. That's so fucking creepy, man. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you keeping your furry friends outside. Animals tend to get unnerved around me. And we wouldn't want them running amok in here. Of course not. They're well-trained, but they are still animals. Hopefully soon I can 
find better assistants, even more loyal than the ones I have now. Oren, you look rather nice, if I may say so. I appreciate the sentiment, Nana. What has changed? Well, I've come a bit closer to the Pale Lady as of late. Our organization has been thriving. We have been spreading our influence across Ustalav and gaining many new recruits, but try as I might, none of them have shown the promise and followed through with it as well as you four. And so I have a special task, one that Opal, I think you're going to enjoy quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Tell me more. You see, as much as we love spreading influence and making the whispering way a shadow that stalks the people of Ustalav, we do have a greater purpose. You foreknow, our ultimate goal is to bring back Tarbafan. Nanoba blushes. Some of us have even more of a vested interest than the rest. But I assure you, the task that I need you to fulfill will give us the tools to complete the job. What do the four of you know of the country of Nadal? I honestly wouldn't know what Nanopa would know. I think she'd have a general knowledge. She's been on the uh, she's been on Galarian for a long time. You could make a knowledge local or history if one of you has it. I, I can't imagine Sawa know anything more than rumors. He's a very well traveled man for as old as he is, but has never been there. And I have no knowledges. The ten for Vivian. Twenty-seven. I, I got my one out of the way for. Oh, okay. five. oh no. Good. Yeah, get it out on this one. We could dice jail that if you want. <laughs> Not yet. So, Nana Opal would know that Nadal is the land of shadows, one of the most ancient if not the most ancient civilization on Glarian. It is the center of worship for the Midnight Lord, also known as Zonkathan. And his followers are zealots. It is a religious theocracy this country, and it's relatively insular. And that is what you'd know. Gotcha. Uh, Right before we did the knowledge check, uh, Rude asked what we know of Nadal. Is that correct? Yep. Uh, If I remember, Nadal... It's for those of 
those who worship uh, Zon Guthan. I don't know, Ed Turner, how you'll fare there. Uh, they're fairly strict on their worship. But that is an interesting place. It's old. I'd love to go. Well, your wish is my desire, as they say, because in Nadal, there is an ancient text. And that text contains a particular formula. One that I have been assured through my contacts is powerful enough to bring back the Whispering Tyrant. Uh, again, Nanopal is gonna blush a, a deep shade of red if anyone could see it. Uh, perk up and she is, it's going to look like ten years at least has come off of her face in her excitement. Oh, Orin, we've got to go now. We have to have that. That's required. Vivian perks up too, and instead of kind of being slumped over and slightly shaking in place, she's more rigid. That sounds like a very powerful text. We must find it. Oh, I think you'll have more than enough fun with the extracurricular activities in Nadal. You see... The people there are experts at the art of pain. They are able to create the most pain without ending a life. But the nation's ideals are somewhat aligned with ours. And so I've been able to, over the years make several contacts. Now, particularly for you, Mr. Turner, this trip may be difficult. Other religions are not outright banned as long as you're an outsider of the country, but the practice of faith besides that of Zankuthan are certainly frowned upon. Oh, thank you for the consideration. But you needn't worry about me. It so happens that Grotus, well, doesn't really mind how closely I follow, for his plan will decimate the world, whether we see it coming, whether you follow Grotus, whether you've been good or evil. Well, I do know that you have a certain knack for convincing others that you follow a different religion than you normally preach. Oh, that thing. It's certainly fun, a fun game around here, but I will hide what false, falsified 
items I might have. Well, I do believe your faith will be important for one of my contacts who has a particular fascination with Grotus. Oh. You'll find him on your journey, but let me explain to you my plan. I need the four of you to make it to the capital city in Nidal, known as Pangalay. That city, the Midnight City, is housed amongst the Uskwood. Now this forest is more dangerous than your standard fare. Maybe not in Ustalav. The Shudderwood has its own merits as being a place of horrors. But the Uskwood, you had better take precautions. For the sun never shines in Nidal. The Lord of Shadows has made a point of it. When you arrive in Pangalay, you will meet my contact, and she is a very influential woman. She shares some of our ideals, for she is a vampire. Her name is Margaret O'Leary, member of the Umbra Court. She has agreed to meet you in Pangalay and see whether you are worthy of receiving the gifts of Zankuthan along with this knowledge. It will be a decently difficult trial to get there, though. You must embark from here. Take a ship. Ride the currents of Lake Incarthen until you reach the Sulphur River. That will get you to the border of Nadal. You will need to be stealthy. You do not have explicit permission to be in the country. You will travel through the Uskwood to the Castle of the Captured Sun, located in its depths. There, you will find several umbral agents sent by Margaret herself to aid your journey the rest of the way to Pangalay and make sure you are not bothered by its inhabitants. They will give you safe passage to the capital city where you will meet Margaret and you will face what trials you must in order to get this information for me. Now, Mr. Turner, I do have another friend. He is actually the owner of the castle of the captured son. Oh, tell me more. His name is Volsani 
Dizar. And he is a vampiric aristocrat within Nidal, who has taken a keen interest to the end of days. When I told him, as I told Margaret, of the agents I intended to employ, well, he was more than delighted. I think he wants to talk to you about your faith. Oh, I'm starting to see the madness already. Of course. I have prepared some equipment for your journey. And he hands you several scrolls and several potions. It is, in fact, ten potions and five scrolls. That's quite a bit. Neat. The scrolls are all prepared in blood. And you've seen Aaron's handwriting before. It seems that he scribed these himself. They are scrolls of skeleton crew. Each one provides you several days of a skeleton crew. That's riding in style. That will (laughs) pilot the ship on your journey into Nadal. He has also provided ten potions of dark vision for those in the party that do not have sight because Nadal is permanently in the dark. He also grabs another satchel from behind his desk of bone. These may be useful as well. I've heard horror stories about what lies in the Uskwood. I don't think you'll make it through unmolested. Take these and there is a sickle, a heavy mace, and a long sword, as well as a wand. Is it a large long sword? No, it is not a mm-hmm. large long sword. It is a regular size long sword. Um, these weapons are all plus one silver. And the wand? The wand is a wand of daylight. You see, the creatures in the Uskwood generally do not take well to bright lights. Silver tends to harm them, much like many denizens of our fair country. Take these and protect yourselves. Vivian would take the sickle. As long as everyone's good with that. I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that. (laughs) No, I think uh, it's fairly clear who's taking what here. As in Nana Opal's taking nothing, I'm taking the wand. That is clear, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. 
Arwen, you're such a such a wonderful friend. I actually made you something as well. And she digs in her bag and uh, pulls out a vest. <laughs> it a is, vest. Yeah, it's a, it is a vest. Um, Oren, I've been working on some projects. Uh, I sold this myself. It's from the skin of the best children that were the most tasty. Oh, oh, oh. oh this will be softer than velour. <laughs> and I've stained it nice and dark so that it matches your other stuff. Uh, in fact, and I made sure I added in the veins so that you could see a little bit of the inner workings. Oh, Nana, this is gorgeous. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to wear this. At least under my breastplate. So I have a little bit of your craftsmanship on me at all times. Aw, oh, thank you, dearie. So does anybody have any questions about the the sequence of Arin's plan? Where you're headed, what you're supposed to do. Well, to be honest, Emily was the one taking notes. So. <laughs> Take the Sulphur River off of Lake Incarthen, which will bring you to the edge of Nadal, which is covered in the Uskwood. Orin, these trials, are we allowed to know? Well, to be frank... I'm hoping you all can leave a good impression. I would like for the Whispering Way to have allies in Nadal. They are a powerful and ancient country, and their magics are far beyond anything that we have access to. You will be tried to see if you are worthy and generally in it all those trials involve great pain and suffering to please the midnight lord that being said my contact Margaret has assured me that if you are found worthy you may choose to receive the blessings of Zonkathan himself which could give you great power power that we the whispering way could use power that we likely need I'm hoping that at least one of you will be deemed worthy of that gift. I have a question. Yes, sir. Besides Margaret and the others like her, are we allowed to say we're part of the Whispering Way at all? Do you guys have a reputation there already? I believe they know of us, yes. Although, as... 
Similar as we are, there are some stark differences. You see, we strive to bring undeath to the world. I had noticed. But some in Nadal feel that only the living can feel pain in its deepest form, and that is how they worship, how they are blessed by their god. And so there are those in Nadal that do not subscribe to our theology. We're not aiming to befriend the entire nation, but there are large populations of undead there that see the virtue in what we preach. And so I've done my best to connect you with those in power that would see things our way. Now, you you may wear your gag skulls openly in the country, and I don't believe you'll be accosted, especially with as powerful of allies as we currently have. An agent, two agents, and a member of the Umbral Court will not be bothered in Bangalore. And if you're among them, I don't think anything ill will happen to you. One more question and then I'm done. Saw so kind of like looks around at the rest of us and I, I think any listener at home would realize that we are a wild looking group of people. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Saw so looks like trash. You've got like a preacher, a grandmother, and then whatever the fuck is happening with Dr. Viv. And, and her pack of dogs. Yeah, and a pack of dogs. It's only two. It will eventually be a pack, I'm sure. But Saw stands out quite a lot. Like, he's wiry and built, but like he walks around wearing nothing but ripped up jeans and a punk vest. He's covered in tattoos. He's a tiefling. So his question is, do we, are they going to... I've never been, so are they... Are, are they going to look like us? Is this going to be a problem? And he gives the, like, look at everything that's going on on my body movement. <laughs> so, you don't know much about history, but... No. Cheliax and Nadal are allies. I don't like them. Yes, but that means that there will likely be many... Of people like you, I don't think anyone will bat an eyelash at a tiefling. Oh. So maybe if the thing with Anya and me doesn't work out. Well. She's not a tiefling. Think about that as a second priority then. Nana, I'm looking at you. I know you're excited for Saw to find somebody, but... Please consider this mission the number one priority. Absolutely. We can always pick someone up on the way home. No problem. Well, if we all have an understanding, it's a long trip to Nadal. I can cast the first crew for you. And you can use a ship I've acquired. Go to the docks. They'll be waiting. 
So you guys head to the dock and you find a large oaken ship. You see that it has black flags. And it's known as the Pale Lady. At the helm, there's a skeletal man. And you can see several other clacking bone figures moving to and fro on the deck. The gangplank is already let down, ready for you to hop aboard. Saw is absolutely the first one up. And as he's running up the gangplank, he looks over his shoulder, and he's kind of speaking over his shoulder, and says, Did you all know I used to be in a pirate gang? We used to get into all sorts of trouble in the shackles. This is like a return to home. But I have a home now with my grandmother. And he, like, goes to give, like, one of the skeletons a noogie. <laughs> it just, like, falls apart. Oh. So, there are enough crew members to man this ship. There are roughly 15 corpses that have been turned to skeletons for your sailing pleasure. You may need to recast the spell on your journey, but the way that skeleton crew works is because it's based off of Aaron's casting stats since he made the scrolls. The skeletons will all have a plus 10 profession sailor. They will follow your commands without fail, but your commands can really only command them to do uh, sailing things. So it's, they're not going to like make you dinner, but they will you know, raise anchor, drop anchor, do whatever. Saw, you might have to take the lead on this one. I'm not much of a sailor myself, Mr. Turner. I had a very specific job, and though I have my sea legs here, those don't do me much good when I'm trying to trim sails and raise anchor, do you know what I'm saying? There were other people who were good at that. We were pirates, Ed. I did a thing and they did theirs. Well, saw you'll at least be most familiar with the boat. Can you show us around? Show me to the kitchen. So he takes her to the brig. Just kidding. That's not the word for kitchen. <laughs> the galley? The galley. The galley. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, he, show, he on the way he points out the brig and shows her, we could put people there before dinner. I could use this to make the table to uh, make us another assistant. Nana, would you appreciate help in the kitchen? Yes, that would be fine. Could we maybe round up a few people before we head off, or are we on our way? You could probably round up some people if you see fit. Mm. Do I smell anything nearby? You smell a fishy odor. I, I don't smell any children. 
you can smell children. Yeah, I have child right? signs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course I can smell children. Chris sounds so excited. <laughs> you can smell children, but they still have this strange fishy smell. Mm, yes, we'll be eating fish, but they're close. Uh, let's go real quick, and then we'll get on our way. Also, Ed, you're going to need to be in charge of these scrolls. It needs a man of God to cast it. Very well. It is on your spell list, so you don't have to make a UMD check. Cool. To use the scrolls. Yeah, it's only on clerics. Neat. But All yeah, right. we'd run off and go grab the children. So you take about an hour and wrangle up some kids. And, and I would take their parents, too, if I can. For Viv. Aww. <laughs> Vivian would uh, Female stay bonding. <laughs> Vivian would stay on board during that and uh, start working on creating uh, her assistant, and it takes two hours. Okay. So, an hour into surgery... Nana and I assume she probably took saw. Yeah. Um, of course. Return with three children and uh, two of their parents. Dr. Vivian, I don't want to interrupt the surgery, but I've got two for you here whenever you are interested in having some fun or research, whatever you call it. Uh... And I'll take the children, don't worry. But we have to lock them away for now. Oh yes, thank you. They will do quite nicely. I'm working on 15 here, and she points at the dog. But 17 can guard them for us. And she points to the other dog and the adult humans and says, guard. Ah, Dr. Velvuv. Lost 16, I didn't realize. One of my subjects was a little more lively than I anticipated. Oh, a real Martha. Martha wasn't nice. They're just the worst. They don't understand the greater purpose. But thankfully, 16 was there to make sure that I am able to carry on the research and take the knowledge further. Okay. So we have our people. So you have your people and you disembark. At this point, I imagine Saw is with some difficulty kind of remembering his past and remembering how uh, the captain of the ship that he once was on would would order his crew so he would he would order the skeletons to do kind of the the mandatory things for sailing yeah i think i think that makes sense good job saw any lady would be lucky to have a sea captain like this good job i just need that now New mission. Quest for the hat. <laughs> well, I need to learn to respect women first. Then hat. <laughs> yes. So, you disembark into the murky waters of Lake Carthen, And the moon 
is at not its apex, but close to it. It's large in the sky. You see it reflecting off of the waters. It's a beautiful sparkling contrasted against the inky blackness of the water. Make a perception check. Oh, I forgot Nanopo's got a beefy negative one. Oh. Hey, me too. Twelve. God damn it. Roll the two. On a different dice. Making it... Eleven. Uh, Vivian got a 22 and the dogs didn't do so well. Saw's in his element because he got a 23. Should have put a point in profession sailor. I was, uh, Ed Turner was staring up at the, at but the moon and, uh, envisioning Grotus. So, Saw, as he's kind of barking orders, takes a minute to rest and relax and reminisce as he looks out over the water. But what he sees unsettles him. In the lake's murky blackness, he can see a shifting black shape break the surface every once in a while and then recede back into the waters. Its size is massive. He recalls the creature you all fought back into the waters of Lake Incarthen. And it doesn't seem all that dissimilar. He keeps an eye on it, but you're unmolested in your journey through Lake Incarthen. The next day, later in the day, after several hours at sea, you find the mouth of a river. Seems to be emptying into Lake Incarthen, but you think it it might be where you're supposed to head. As this has happened, Nana, did you do any preparation of the children? Uh, how much time has passed? Is it uh, time to eat again? Because then, yes. She- yeah, it's been... You guys left in the night, and it's the next evening. Oh, yes, yes. So then uh, she has probably so far at least taken one, stripped all of its bones, and created more bone uh, flour for her cookies, and then has otherwise started preparing uh, sweet treats for everyone. You all find that despite Nana Opal's best efforts, and you know that she's a master confectioner and baker, that these cookies taste off. They taste fishy and kind of disgusting, to be frank. So this upsets me. Um, 
and Nana Opal, I guess. Uh, Nana Opal doesn't doesn't mess up baked goods. Um, she would probably, <laughs> realistically, I would envision someone would say it's off, or even herself would say it's off, and she would be extremely angry. Um, and she would go so far as to turn to the rest of the family. What is wrong with you? Why do you taste like this? You've ruined, ruined my cookies. And you've ruined the cupcakes. You've ruined it all. And, uh, she would slap them all across the face, uh, and shove them back into the brig with Viv and say, Vivian, they're almost no good to cook. Do what you want. Oh, there's much knowledge to be gained from them, especially if they are different. And as Vivian dissects her first victim, she does find some oddities. Their skin's tough to cut through, pallid and and kind of greasy. And... She finds that in the adults, there is a strange set of organs accompanying their lungs. And she can track it back to near the sides of their necks, where it appears their flesh is forming into what she imagines are are slits but it looks like this connects to the respiratory system. She'd be taking diligent notes and having her assistant like hold open different parts so she can really get a good look at how their uh, respiratory system works and what might be functioning at what point in time. Would you relay that they're partly fish people? She would complete her work and then, uh, especially after seeing how upset Nana Opal was, she'd walk over to Nana Opal and say, You were correct. They were quite fishy indeed on the inside. It had nothing to do with your skill. These people are fish through and through. Ah, of course. Well then, Saw, you might want a slab. You can make yourself some burgers or something. They're like fish. (sighs) They're not as good as your cooking, but I guess this will do. (laughs) I meant because you're partly cat. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, glad you got that. Yep. (laughs) Meow. Why aren't you guys cultured in the least bit? They prefer feeple. (laughs) God. Oh, that's not canon. <laughs> Meet the people. Okay. All right. So you head down what you imagine is the Sulphur River, and as you progress, it gets darker. You're traversing this river uh, for some time until it meets a mountain range, a tall mountain range, 
taller than you've seen in any of Usulov. The river appears to cut through it, and it's by the next morning that you're able to cross the mountain pass and into Ndal. It seems strange to you, though. It should be morning time, but there's this ever-present gloom that makes it look like it's either just before dawn or just after dusk. Everything is dim. You find a port, and you know that you're supposed to traverse through the Uskwood River, or through the Uskwood Forest, in order to remain clandestine until you can meet your contacts. The first port that you find in Nadal appears relatively barren. There are no other ships on the docks. I assume you moor here. Lay anchor. <laughs> All right. Let me just do profession sailor check for funsies. <laughs> See, <laughs> the skeletons fuck it up. Oh, no, they do okay. All right. 15 total. They, uh, they managed to do a somewhat clumsy job, but, but get you guys um, with the current of the river to the dock and start tying the ship up. Again, Saw has no profession sailor and has been calling the shots this entire time. So really, it's just a testament to the spell working that anything was successful. Yep. <laughs> You're lucky uh, Aaron made the scrolls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you disembark and you can see that this dock is on the edge of a very small town again on the edge of a very dense looking forest you approach and you see no lights in any of the windows despite it supposedly being daytime in this gloom in this shadowy place as you pass the doors you see these uh, crude figurines made of hay and they're in the windows of the house but their black beads of eyes are facing outwards make a knowledge religion check I have that alright I can't fail this one right Brooks now I know how you feel in the regular game <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, you just don't roll anything. I'm just hanging out. Yeah. 31. Seven. I apparently am uh, still a bit uh, seasick and <laughs> uh, with uh, 13. All right. So Nana knows that these are uh, fetishes used in Kuthite worship. And she also knows that. It's rumored that dolls such as these are how 
the Midnight Lord sees into the mortal plane. It's rumored that he can see through the eyes of any of his children, a.k.a. these dolls. And so you see them facing out of the houses and into the crude cobblestone streets. The Midnight Lord can see us now. He's watching. You pass through town without a peep. And it doesn't seem that there's any bustle of activity. And then you take your first steps into the Uskwood. At first... The trees appear normal, and you're able to make decent time as they're relatively separated. They make the going easy. There's not a lot of undergrowth in this forest that you can see. Make a survival check. All right, got a negative one in that, too. But I got an 18, so... Right. Mine's surprisingly oh, yeah. high. Ha! I've really been practicing up on a certain yeah. skill. Well, yeah, no, Nomad uh, Mr. Turner. 26. Oh, I'm so fucking low. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Turner knows the correct direction to head from maps. He likely knows where the castle of the captured sun lies in the forest and it lies to the east of you guys so he knows that if you enter the forest at this point and you continue to head east you should eventually find it he also assumes that likely a structure of that size has some sort of path once you get near enough to it actually with a check that high and knowing some maps of the region Mr. Turner would know that this is likely going to be a two day long journey through the forest okay why well normally I would be able to use the moon to assist in the travels at night but I think I can make do this way but it will be a few day, a couple of days. Oh dear, man! I I hope there's enough Asandra left for Anya by the time we get back. Oh, I mean, there's Martha too. That should be good. And well, there wasn't very much of her, was there? Oh, true. That is also where I keep my canned goods. So maybe if she figures a way in. This will prove if she's resourceful. Yes, which is a good quality in a wife. Mm. I hate this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, Bless your soul. <laughs> the deeper in you get, the more the plant life seems to twist into strange gnarled shapes and it appears to have been affected by this lack of sunlight. 
the trees have kind of lost their color. They appear to have a light gray bark and their leaves are barely the slightest hint of a green. You can see that the the undergrowth is getting more pronounced the deeper in you go. Various strains of mushroom crop up in this darkness uh, of varying, almost beautiful hues of oranges and reds and whites. Still further, you find flowers growing here, but, but all of their petals appear to be bleached white. Am I spotting anything immediately poisonous or edible? Almost everything in here. Well, I'll make a craft alchemy check. Okay, I rolled 15. So whatever 15 plus 19 is, I'm too lazy to do the math. Yep, so uh, 34. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you would know that almost everything in here is poisonous. Anything edible? Maybe, I also have profession cook. Maybe one or two strains <laughs> of the mushrooms as you as you walk through. Certainly none of the flowers. Okay, thank you. It's beginning to get late, or so you think. You feel like you've been walking for a while. Nearly a day. Taking breaks here and there, especially for Nana Opal's aching joints. Oh dear, I can levitate. <laughs> but you feel that you've made some progress. Make a perception check. Thirteen. Thirty-one. Twenty. Thir- Excuse 21. me, uh, yeah, twenty-one, not thirty-one. What was the highest? Uh, Ed and Vivian tied at twenty-one. So I got a twenty? Yeah. Okay. Everyone but Nana Opal gets a strange feeling about ten hours into your hike. It just feels like you're being watched. You feel the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. It feels like every time you turn around, you expect to see something staring back at you. But there's nothing there. It's unsettling. That's when you start to see it. A strange rustling of a plant with nothing there to make the sound. A flash of white darting through the trees. A large black shadow seems to pass overhead once in a while. These are things you're picking up on over hours of travel. And it might just be the paranoia of what Nana Opal said that Zankuthan can see you now. It's night. And you feel you'll likely need to rest. Mr. Turner knows it's still going to be some time 
before you can meet your contacts. And the forest is dangerous at night. The entire time you've been here, this particular forest has felt different than any other one you've traversed. You don't hear wildlife. That's why the rustling seems so profound to you, because the absence of it was so strange. You don't hear birds calling or animals skittering about. There's hardly even a breeze to rustle the leaves. It's so still. Your footsteps feel like they echo. It feels like everything you do is somehow amplified in this stillness. We zoom out from the party. In a first-person shot, down on them. And it appears to close on them at great speed from high above and then pass them just as quickly. And then we see them from one side, from 50 feet off, deeper in the woods, and then the other side. And then it begins to grow cold. And a mist descends from above. And this blanket of white starts to envelop the tops of the trees and then the branches. And you hear a shriek. But you can't see what it is. And you're all looking behind you at this point as it comes for you and I need you to finish your drinks because we'll see you on the next part of the evil interlude oh, oh. I knew it. we back baby